This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon where every Sunday, even this Sunday, even though it's a holiday-ish, uh, you got a whole nother bonus episode of this very podcast. You get me and Maureen all over again if you give it the 5 or $10 a month level because you become a member of the Town Watch, our little special extra podcast club. I don't know what that means. I don't know. $10 a month also uh, puts you into the Says Who Sticker Club. A lot of clubs, Maureen. They're just a lot of clubs. Great, great holiday gift for someone, maybe. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and if you are a member of the Says Who Sticker Club, you get a sticker in the mail every month. Uh, in fact, Maureen, where our stickers are produced is one town over from where I am right now. So Ooh. I'm going to be picking up the November stickers, which were a little late in production. Uh, I'm going to be picking them up in person, Ooh. which is always fun for me because I like a production facility, Maureen. I know that's like Disneyland for you. It is. It is. Um, the last time I went there, which was over the summer when we were out here in Colorado, we'll get into where we all are in a moment, but, uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you can totally pick up. Unfortunately, we're not doing tours anymore. And you should have seen my heartbreak when they said that. I would like a tour of a sticker facility. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, patreon.com slash says who. Dan, hmm. we're, we're coming up on a, not quite, but almost a month out from the release of Nine Liars. You're in the shoot. Yours truly is very much in the shoot, but you can order that book. And if you want to give it as a holiday gift for any though, any December holiday, but it comes yeah. out until the 27th, don't you worry. There's a link. You can print out a thing that's like, I got you this thing. It's going to come to you on the 27th. I love it. And then you can just, it's like a little printable. It's cool. It's a little whole little folded thing you can print out. So, um, or you could just tell them. Or you could do an yeah. interpretive dance, but you know you will get it like right after Christmas, and it's a great kind of post holiday. Honestly, mm. if if you're kind of in for a couple of days, and you're like, I want something to do when it's cold, and I want to snuggle under a blanket because I like to snuggle under a blanket. Then here's a gift idea. Okay, buy an axe. Mm -hmm. Oh, right on the axe with like a red, bloody looking paint pen. Mm. You're getting nine liars. On December 27th, wrap up the axe. Give them an axe. Well, you can also get a free axe bookmark, a metal yeah. one, if you order in the United States and just upload your receipt to the landing page. I'll post them all again. Uh, the landing page to get the bookmark and get the printable. It's all in one place. It's free. Don't cost nothing. And uh, it's time. Like, it's time. I got to put that all up again. All those what ones. if, Maureen, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a hypothetical. Yeah. What if somebody wanted uh, to buy Nine Liars? Yeah. Get a signed copy. Yeah. Sent to them. Yeah. And support a super cool radical bookshop. I'm glad you asked. Then yeah. order it from the Blue Stockings Collective, New York City. I'll put up the link there. as well. And uh, it is a neighborhood, queer-owned and run, inclusive bookstore with a free community pantry for those in need. And it is a super local activist bookstore. And that's why I, I deliberately went down there and said, hey, can I do my signed copies out of here? 
So that is what is happening. I will put a, so there's there's two links basically. One to the landing page that has the printable and where you submit your receipts. That's all on the one page. And then there's a link to Blue Stockings if you want a signed copy. But you I can order and, for and straight. Where up, does that link exist? Um, so far in a so far, Dan. It exists in a newsletter, but I am getting my my site updated right now. I, love so I it. really, I really got to get that done, Dan. Yours That's, truly, really needs to grow. Sick. I'm getting that worked on. Um, yours truly um, needs help. <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you, people listening, about books because if you want to get Maureen Johnson's book, I think you go do the blue stockings thing. You get it. You support an amazing bookshop there in New York City that does a lot of great community work. But if you need other books, maybe. Go to kickbezosintheballs.org because that's our little bookshop. And we have all kinds of books that you can get, things we've mentioned on the podcast, but also any book that you need. I just ordered a book from there uh, moments ago. Nice. It was just recommended to me about content moderation. So, um, really? What's yeah. it called? It is called, let me look. Let me look. Let me pull up. It is called Behind the Screen Content Moderation in the Shadows of Social Media by Sarah. T. Roberts. It's about how deeply awful and exploitative the world of content moderation actually is. Great. Yeah. And it was interesting because I kicked off a conversation about that on Mastodon. And uh, somebody responded like, oh, you should read this book by this person and and looped that person in. And I was like, I totally did. I just ordered it. And then uh, she responded and was like, thanks so much. Also, I read every punk planet. I was like, oh, whoa, small world. Dan, it's almost like there was a site where you could do that and talk to people and get responses. It's like we're just starting over. I feel like we're in the scene from 2001 where it's just us and the monolith and a rock and we're throwing yep. a tool in the air. It, it's true. We will talk about all of that. But also, oh while you're God. buying things on the internet, swing on by merch.sezupodcast.com because you can get Says Who merchandise there. And that's always fun. Anyway. We've been doing these ads for like six minutes now, this so maybe we should wrap so it up. Long. Are you done? I, that's it. I'm done. All right. I wrapped it up. Okay, great. I'm over. Okay. I finished. Zip it. I'm done. Zip it. I'm not doing anymore. All right. Done. Okay. It's over. I'm not responding anymore. I mean, that was literally a response. Okay. All right, Dan, can you, um, hey, I'm just hey. going to, can you move over a little bit? I just got to put this cranberry sauce down. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Here's this a is real a, full table. Yeah, I know. So here's the vegetarian gravy. Here's mm -hmm. the turkey gravy. Mm -hmm. That the is the one a, with the head in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys, meat eaters, man, you guys are weird, but I'll give you what you want. And uh, over there is just a mushroom gravy. It's vegetarian, but it's also some people don't like mushrooms. We have separate mushroom gravy. Um, we got a lot of gravy on this table. Uh, here's a, this is a kind of red wine gravy. Okay. Um, and here is a uh, this is a uh, that's all. Are, it's, it's white sauce, which is a kind of gravy. I have a question. Sure. Is there anything that we're going to be putting this gravy on, or is this just an all gravy meal? <sighs> Oh, right, right, right. Um, yeah, oh, but we, see, all the way down, the because everybody's here at the table, Dan, all mm -hmm. says Hoobia. So if you see down there, it's starting to come yeah. down. Okay. Stuffing. Oh. Oh, sweet potatoes. I love it. 
Green bean casserole. Bring it on. Uh, turkey. Actually, I'm not a I'm not a green bean casserole guy. Really? I don't want I don't want this introduction to give a false sense of who I am. Right. I'm not a green bean casserole guy. I went to Whole Foods the other day, and now some company sells fancy fried green bean, like fried yeah. onions for uh, oh like, the little crispies. Yeah, I'm like uh, you can't you can't dress that shit up. We got the normal kind. We got the whatever Lipton or whoever makes them. Okay, what else? Veggie roast is coming down. Mashed potatoes. Roast potatoes. Uh, this is good. What's that? I uh, like it. There's oh oh roasted br- Brussels sprouts. That's one of my favorites. Those, I can you love just, a good Brussels sprout. Yeah, can you just send those down there, guys? Dan, it's just you know what? I can't believe it. Here we are at the end of November, 2022. Yeah, it's We're true. Absolutely in the holiday season here. We, you know the, we it got is it. all happening. It's got. We're doing the whole thing, and gosh, it's nice. You know, uh, mm-hmm. having everyone here at the table together and. Uh, a yeah, chance yeah, no. to reflect on the year. There's more of that. Just yeah, there's more of that. Um, chance to think about the year that's been yeah. in the context of other people. Do you want some of these Brussels sprouts? I'm, I'll just get a couple of Brussels sprouts on. Here. I just started reflecting on the year that's been, Maureen. Uh huh. Okay, so there's another gravy. This one here is like a. I don't even know how to really describe it. It's sort of a art gravy. Dan, 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 huh? look at the gravy. Look at all the huh? gravy. Look at huh? the gravy. Look the at year. the gravy. No, Dan. That's been. Do you want turkey? You want turkey? You want stuffing? You like stuffing? No, Dan. Dan, look at the gravy. Focus on the gravy. Focus on the gravy, Dan. Oh, boy. Okay. We're going to need some more gravy. Yep. Bring the vat. Just bring it over. Just put his head in it. There it is. Breathe it in, guy. Breathe it in. Yeah. You feel better now, don't you? There he's doing. Yeah. There you go. There you go, buddy. He's okay. He's okay, guys. It's just Thanksgiving. Sometimes I cut in the middle of the word. Sometimes I boo in the pause. It's just every single time he just, that little sigh of disappointment is what feeds my soul. It's just, you think it's fun. Yeah, I really, really, really do. I don't think that there's a single person on the planet other than you that thinks that's fun. Everybody loves it. Everybody's favorite part. I don't know. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a Thanksgiving dinner. It is, in fact, a coping strategy, perhaps right now, for your Thanksgiving dinner. I am Dan Sinker. I just want to point something out to you guys, and this is something you can't know because we're on video, but I am at my family's house in Philadelphia. Dan is in yeah. a hotel room in Colorado. I True. sit down to record at the dining at the kitchen table because yeah. Oscar's in the back room um, on a video call working as well. And Dan says to me, you look so good. The lighting is so good. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's just kitchen table. And then he's like, and you're wearing like a like a shirt. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you're, I'm like you're wearing like a real nice shirt. I'm wearing a white shirt, Dan, just like a shirt. And he's like, oh, you look so nice. He's like, I guess, I guess I just normally see in your pajamas. <laughs> it's true. It it dawned on me because you to me, you look like you're dressed to go to work. Wow. Like you're wearing like a nice shirt, your hair's brushed. Like you look put together. 
Okay, Dan. We usually it, rec- it didn't. I didn't know because our context is always just when we're recording. Yeah, but I rec- we normally record in the middle of the afternoon when I am dressed. <laughs> but I think that you're dressed for a, a a home that doesn't include additional people. I'm also usually dressed in a way that's like I'm about to do a workout, like. Like yeah. this will probably be my workout break, or I've just come from a a full on jog with the dog for an hour. Yeah. So, uh, but also I want to point out that Dan is wearing a white shirt, and he usually wears like a black hoodie. And a hat. yeah, it's true. So today he's wearing a white shirt. He's got white glasses and a white beard, and behind him is the white glow of a huge hotel window with the shears. So I feel like I'm talking to God. It's like I'm in heaven. You kind of look like a voice, yeah. just kind of like, "Hello, here I am." This is a ch- uh, this is a rare episode of Says Who where we are both out. Yep, we're in different places. You're at your folks. Yep, I'm in uh, Boulder, Colorado, right now. Yep, drove took two days to get out here. We'll be here for three, and it'll take two days to get back. So, <laughs> do that math. Man, and I was I was complaining about the ride last night, which was two hours. Yeah, no, it's uh, two seven eight hour days. We ride, we we got in the car last night at six thirty, and um, I resent that we get in the car and it's pitch black, so it feels like we're getting in a car at midnight. Yeah, Oscar is still all messed up on Swedish time. Oh sure. So I look over, and he is out like just. Within a half hour, he is just head back, just on, uh, just gone. So, nice. uh, and I ride through the dark, you know, down the down the highway, uh, in the dark. That kind of, and I'm like, ugh, ugh the dark. Ugh. That's my feeling about the dark. Yeah, trying to enjoy it, Dan. Trying, trying to enjoy the dark. Yeah, I'm trying to like get into it because you know I don't like this okay. time of year. So I'm trying to be like, woo, it's great. I mean, the thing that I will say that I like about this time of year is it is dark way too early, but there's a lot of light. Like there's a lot of festive lighting. I do like an exterior, uh, like tree full of lights. That's fun and magical. And I I do, I do like that. Dan, there is literally a reason I live in New York city because I like the fact that it's always lit up. Like it's, it always feels on. You know, I never yeah. feel like I'm just in the dark because I never, ever am. If we don't completely close our curtains, there's a surprising amount of ambient light that just kind of lights up the bedroom. Like it's always oh, sure. kind of bright. Yeah. So. In Boulder, where we are right now, uh, Boulder is nestled right up against the mountains and um, or the foothills, I guess, technically. And they always put a big light up outline of a star on one of the foothills. And um, it was cool because we got in here to this hotel at like just as the sun was setting. And then we were kind of chilling for a bit. And then Janice and I had to run out and go to the store and, and pick up some food. And we pulled out and it was just like this giant star looming right above us. It was really cool. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. We're somewhere else. I'm going to be in Boulder in January. You are. I'm excited. It's, it's nice gonna, here. It's going to be cold as balls. Uh, I mean, so I will say, as a person that has been coming to the Colorado region for 20 plus years, um, it can certainly be cold and snowy, 
but um, it can also be very warm and sunny suddenly, like because of the nature of how like high this place is and uh, the way the weather patterns work. You can have these like remarkably beautiful, nice, sunny days in the middle of a winter. So it might not be cold as balls. Also, it might be cold as balls. I drink a lot of water when I'm in yes. Denver and that is that is absolutely it is like you are just sort of being dried out. You're in a constant battle to stay hydrated here, for sure. I used to have a lot of trouble with altitude. Turns out I used to be very anemic. Oh. But like the first time I went to uh Denver, I slept. I fell asleep like at seven o'clock at night or something. And I slept through to like 9am the next morning. And wow. I was, ex I was so exhausted. I was almost walking sideways. I was yeah. so, and I couldn't figure out why I was so tired. I'm like, I just feel drunk. Yeah. Drunk. Yeah. The, the thinner oxygen definitely takes a person out. Yeah. Takes I a while to adapt. I didn't really know. And then I went to a place in Mexico once that I didn't realize was quite high. San Miguel. I didn't realize that we were really up a mountain. Oh, wow. And that's when I also started sleeping there. And finally, I was like, how high are we? And they were like, <laughs> oh, it's like this many thousand feet. I was like, that explains a lot. That explains why I just slept for two days. <clears throat> I would, did not tolerate altitude well. Water, 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 yeah. water, water. And, you know, having some iron in my blood now is, is, has been great for me. That'll, that'll do, that'll do something for you. You know, Dan, sure. when I used to, I had this undiagnosed, really quite profound anemia. <laughs> A lot of weird stuff used to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know why. Yeah. I'm like, don't you get electric shocks down your arms and feel drunk sometimes? And people are like, not really. I was like, okay, that's great. So do you take iron pills? Every day. Or do you just gnaw on a steel bar? I take iron supplement every day. When they first figured out how bad I had it, I had to take, um, they were going to do IV iron. Oh, wow. But I was a little too sick at the time for that. So uh, in the end, I took a liquid iron supplement three or four times a day. Wow. So I used to have to wake up. I remember one of the, this is when I, back when I was really sick. So I was home all the time and sick anyway. Yeah. So. I just took this and I had to take it with orange juice. So I had to sit with like, I had this like container of ice and orange juice next to my bed. Mm -hmm. And I had an alarm set for like one in the morning, every morning that I would wake up, shoot my eye, take the shot of iron, take the shot of orange juice, whatever, go back to sleep. But I had to do that for a while. Wow. Yeah. To get the levels back up. And then I stopped feeling like someone had just spun me around, <laughs> which I loved. I bet. I stopped feeling like the ground was coming up to meet me all the time. That's yeah. That seems like a that seems like a market improvement. Dan, when they talk about things about women's health care, that you you go in and you're like, all these things are happening to me, and they're like, yeah, that's just what happens. <laughs> There's good. a lot of that. Yeah, it's a you're just like a you're a little mystery box. Yeah, you're like, should this be happening? And they're like, meh, maybe. You we have haven't to really studied it. Sometimes you have to say the right words before they're like, what's that now? Wait a minute. What? And then there's like a kind of record scratch. And that's when they lay you down and take out the scanner and go, oh, no. And that's that's exciting. That is That sounds exciting. Your face froze. Did it? Oh, yeah. yeah but you, you're but doing you it in a me? casual. 
Yeah, but you're doing like a like yeah. A, I look gross. I can see it. It's frozen there. It's my not thing. gross. Dan, I look terrible. Other, no, you look you look like you're in the middle of a thought sneeze. I wonder why my face is frozen though. That makes me if nervous. If you can't tell, you guys, we've decided that this week is casual holiday. It's the holidays. We're just going to like let our pants out a little bit. Yeah. Unbutton your pants. Do it. You know what I mean? Like do the top button. Yeah. Or if you got more, just go pants free. It's okay. Yeah. Take. Why even wearing pants? You're allowed. Anything goes. What are you doing wearing pants? Took the dog for a walk today, Dan. Yeah, I had to go. Saw a couple Dr. Oz signs still up. Yeah, they're they're holding out. Keep the dream alive. Got is to. what I say. You gotta Keep you gotta the, you gotta dream big. Do we need to talk a little bit about what's going on? Do we? A little tiny bit. Like just a little like a little soup's on. Like you know how fancy people have an appetizer? Do you have an appetizer ever on like Thanksgiving? So I mean, I think we have we've trodden this ground before, but you you have like we're tacos. not big Thanksgiving people, right? So we tend to kind of mix it up. This this year, it's like all bets are off because we're out here in Colorado. Uh, for those of you that have been listening for a while, uh, you know that Janice's dad was very sick, so we're out here because of that. Um, so uh, like our actual Thanksgiving, we're we're literally like we're not even sure what we're eating for Thanksgiving. Um, like is McDonald's open? Maybe that's what we'll do. But um, but what we are doing is uh, a tradition that we've done for a long time, which we call Thanks Gaming, where oh, that's right. we just kind of play games all day. Oh, man. Yeah. We got to do that this year. I know. We were going to, we swung by, I swung by a game store with uh, the kids before we left just to see if there was anything interesting. Nothing jumped off the, the um, shelf at us. And the teen actually pointed out, like, we have a lot of games that we used to play uh, that we haven't played in a long time, and now the little one is old enough that that uh, that he can start getting into it. So instead, we just kind of grabbed some selections of games that we have not played in, in a long time, and we're going to play those. It's going to be great. We should crack out Wingspan. It's, Wingspan's a good one. Oh, that we we got it from my mother, and we never played it. We the haven't. the little one. So Wingspan. For those of you that I don't bet. know, Wingspan is a game about. Bird birds. spotting, essentially, and birds. Um, Which doesn't sound that exciting on the face of it, but it's so good. It's so fun. It is such a such a good game. And also, interestingly, um, especially while the teen has been working on all these college applications and things like that and has needed support and help in all of that, um, there have been times where we're like, oh, we got to figure something for the little one to do. And there is a one-player version of Wingspan that really? Wingspan ships with. There's like an extra set of cards and some rules where you can actually play it one player. And the little one has done that multiple times now, you know, and we'll spend a couple hours playing one player Wingspan. And he has a blast. He knows his birds. Yes, he does know his birds. But where will you actually be having dinner on this journey? I don't know. I mean, like, I literally, like, we really don't know what we're doing for Thanksgiving, which is in, like, two days, so probably we should figure that out. But, um, but no, like, you know, we'll be visiting Janice's folks, and, but their, their stamina is fairly low, so, um, it probably won't be for the main meal. But what about you? What is, what is your plan? We're here. Have dinner. Yep. 
doing? You can hear the coffee pot in the background. I love it. We're letting loose. It's a loose Thanksgiving-y episode. It's like but families then, getting in the way. It's, it's the, everything. Uh, the uh, the communal table, which is Twitter. I'm trying, Dan. I'm really trying to pin you down here. Okay. To pin me down to talk about actual yeah. things. Okay, that's fine. Because I mean, again, I'm still talking to your frozen face. Yeah, I don't still know going, why my face yeah. never unfroze. The other night when Oscar was away, I only watched TV for one night. I watched all the last bits of Killing Eve that I hadn't gotten to. Okay. And then I decided to watch Goodfellas because I was like, I don't know if I've Whoa. ever, like, have I ever seen all of Goodfellas? And I think I have, but I didn't remember. I was like, I'm going to watch it while I ride this bike. The movie. So the movie. Yeah. And the face that you're making reminds me of all the kind of, eh, like the gangster, like, eh, eh. like the Joe Pesci. Eh. Eh. Like anyway, Joe Pesci I think you were, kills I, all those people. I think you were transitioning to discussing Twitter. I sure was. Okay. We can do that. Do we want to? I mean, I think you want to. I'm just processing. Okay. You know, what's going on? <laughs> maybe maybe process it out loud so people listening can... Uh, well, we can... have to give the status of where things are. Yes. Because things are still alive. Twitter did not go down the night that it seemed like it was... Everyone was saying their goodbyes. Let me put it this way. What it feels like now is one time I had a very good friend in a production of um, Wojciech. Okay. And the, because I used to go to theater school, you guys. And the set, the director decided that the stage setting was going to be a stack of tables. Okay. That went about six high. All right. So it was a, it was pretty high to like, it may have been more, it was a lot. And I was watching this being constructed and I was looking at it going, I don't think those tables are a hundred percent clamped together correctly. Yeah. This seems like. Because before you do that, like you really have to make sure that those things are solid, that that's just a, as you move that set in, you know, that all of those things are really clamped together and they were not. And I. I saw him have to climb it several nights in a row. And every night I went, I saw the whole thing kind of wobble. Oh, no. When he got to the top. And that's how I feel about Twitter now. Yeah. Is like every day you're climbing to this set of tables that's definitely not clamped together. And eventually. <laughs> yeah. Your luck runs out. That, that seems to be the general consensus of people outside of Twitter. That it is a giant stack of teetery tables that may yeah, collapse. You're, you're sitting on the top one. It really doesn't matter which layer of the tables gives out. Yeah. There was a period of time in professional wrestling where table spots is what you call it when you throw someone through a table. Became oh. more and more and more elaborate so that it wasn't just sort of lay a table out and lay someone on top of the table and and drop on it. But instead it became, well, what if we stacked two tables on top of each other and then dropped someone through the top one? And then it was, well, what if we did that with three and dropped off a ladder? And then it became, well, what if we did that, but we also laid some barbed wire between each set of the tables? And what if we lit the top table on fire while we did it too? 
And it does sort of feel like that's where Twitter's at at this point. Mm. It is a triple stack of tables sandwiched with barbed wire on fire. We're all standing on the ladder wondering when we drop through it. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. When do you think it'll be, Dan? I mean, so I, I, I'm trying to remember because time is vaguely meaningless to me now. Was it just last week that sort of the great goodbyes started or was that two weeks ago? No, that was last week. Was it? Yeah, it was because Oscar was gone. So oh, right. it was Thursday night, yeah. I believe. So we are actually, this is the first recording since that moment. Right. We recorded a town watch, but actually we didn't talk um, significantly about about it on the town watch. So um, so I, I guess we should maybe contextualize for people that are not as always online as you like and I. Like what, what exactly happened on yeah. Thursday? So um, Thursday was the deadline that Elon Musk, new owner of Twitter, gave to Twitter employees. He had already fired half of the people at Twitter. And then he had also fired almost the entirety of their contractor workforce. And then he announced, I believe on a Wednesday, that uh, they, he only wanted hardcore people working at Twitter. And that you basically had until 5 p.m. two days later to uh, either agree to this or to uh, get three months severance. And there reached a point in the in the day of all of the goodbyes where it became very clear that a lot more people were taking him up on this offer than I think he had that he had had expected. And in fact, uh, in the light of day, now that we know, it turns out that somewhere around fifteen hundred people left Twitter that day, and there were only like twenty seven hundred or thirty five thirty five hundred people left at Twitter. So there is now a skeleton crew. And so seemingly as all of this was happening, there was just sort of this sense of like, this site might just fall apart now. Like no one's running it. There were, there are entire teams involved in the infrastructure of Twitter that no longer exist. Right. Like, and so there's sort of just an organic sense of like, that night was the last night on Twitter. It felt like some sort of studio of uh, 50. My God, I actually forgot the number. Studio 54? 54. Yeah, I just blanked for a second. I'm tired then. Um, my brain. Like it was a kind of last dance kind of yeah. feel. Like there was like everybody to the disco because it's the last dance. Yeah. And everybody showed up. Yep. And in fact, it didn't fall apart that day. Uh, and it is still functional today. He has continued to lay people off, which is a mm -hmm. lot of fun. Uh, he is now, just today it was reported that basically all benefits have been rescinded. There is no more, there are no more wellness benefits. There's no more childcare. So you mean there's no healthcare? There is, I think there is still health insurance. Right. But uh, so 
tech companies, Silicon Valley tech companies have very, very, very generous benefits policies to retain employees and to incentivize people from leaving from one place where they are very, you know, have very generous benefits to move to another place. So like a wellness benefit would be you can uh get your gym membership covered. Oh yeah. Or right? like there's a yoga studio yeah, or something. You can take we... yoga classes. You could, you know, I mean, I worked at um the nonprofit arm of a tech company uh for a while. And like if you wanted to buy a bike, you could expense the bike, you know, I mean like shit like that. Um was all part of wellness policy. And so that stuff is is gone now. Like I'm trying to remember, I'm pretty sure the wellness policy where where I was, which again was sort of the nonprofit, so it was actually slightly less generous than the like for profit side. Um, a guy that I worked with was like like wrote the boss because it was like you could write off mental health things like little trips or stuff like that, and he was like, so if I wanted to like go to a baseball game, could I write that off? And they were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like Whoa. wow, this is wild. Um. But yeah, so all of that stuff is now gone. I think they still have your kind of traditional benefits of a health insurance and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, it has it has reached the point where there is a skeleton crew there. That skeleton crew is seeing their compensation slashed further. Um, people are still being fired. It is, but and yet the site still stands. For now. The photos look like hostage photos. They do. Uh, but also, we need to talk about a prediction and how it came to pass. All right. Yes. My prediction of Donald Trump's being admitted back to Twitter happened yeah. the other day on, what, Saturday or so? Remember which day that was? Doesn't which, matter. Which, uh, yeah, maybe back up a little bit to talk about your prediction first. Well, my prediction was that Elon Musk had only one card to play. In his mind, I'm not saying it was a good card, a smart card, an effective card, an ethical card, but I could just see in the galaxy brain that is Elon Musk that he thinks, here's what I'll do. Yeah. If I let Trump back on, then Trump will take back to Twitter. It will become, it's the only thing I have to make it newsworthy. Yeah. Because Trump creates news on Twitter and is about the only person or thing that actually generates that much shit. Yeah. Other people do, but like he really used it like he was really just like shooting it out all the time, like a t-shirt cannon of shit. Yeah. Um so Elon does a poll the other day. He's like, "Should I let the people must decide." Like we're like like we're Roman gladiators and we have to decide right. who has to die or something. It's also worth pointing out, even before we get into the details of this poll, when he first took over Twitter, he said that uh, Donald Trump was not going to immediately be let back on. And in fact, there would be a content moderation council or something like that, that he would put on that would make that decision. That was about two or three weeks prior to Saturday night when he puts out this poll. How's that how's that content moderation panel doing? It, it, as far as anyone knows, that was sort of just a a moment between Elon Musk and his hard drugs or something. And his imagi- and his imagination. Yeah. Well, he has a poll, Dan, about whether or not Trump should be brought back. Yeah. Now, imagine a Twitter poll 
Mm-hmm. When you run Twitter. Yeah. Okay. So, surprise, surprise. Trump gets the votes to come back. Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay. Whatever. I don't feel anything anymore. I'm dead inside. I'm a husk. Yeah. You let him back on. Yeah. But then here's the move, Dan. Trump does not take the bait yet. Yeah. Elon starts posting more and more, including a a photo, like a painting of a woman bending over and showing her backside. Yes. And her private genital yes. area. Her exposed with, backside. With a Trump, with a, sorry, a Twitter logo, like pasted over it, like yeah. a, and then a, like a monk standing there thinking about it that says, you know, labeled Trump. Yeah. This is where, that is the owner of Twitter that's posting that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a remarkable turn of events because he is getting real thirsty for this now. And oh. by he, I mean Elon Musk. I absolutely thought that was a fake account thing, like somebody sure. putting that up. I was Correct. like, oh, well. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's his real account that put that up? Yeah. That was his real account that put yeah. that up. And he's put up a, a few other images, like image memes in the same context, but none quite as um, Graphic? explicit as that one. Yeah. Yeah. And yet Donald Trump has not taken the bait. He not yet. he was giving a speech um I believe on Saturday night and said that he was not going to go back because truth, you know, cuz Twitter is dying and Truth Social is growing and he'll just remain on Truth Social. Uh, I did see somebody point out that he actually is legally obligated to um anything he posts on Truth Social and I believe it might apply to anywhere. He is legally obligated that that it has to be exclusive to Truth Social for six hours before it can go other places. So in addition to him saying that he's just going to stick with it, he does actually have a legal obligation. Not that that really stops the man, right? right. Um, but he does have a contractual agreement that he is going to create exclusive content for Truth Social. That does explain some parts of it. Yeah. But yeah, we are now many days on. I I said he will maybe hold out for 48 hours. That me too. I was like I'd give it 2 days. Yeah. And yet he is still holding out. He is not rejoined. Um So Elon then, Musk, you can feel the flop sweat coming off of him now. Mhm. When even it, that guy doesn't want you. Right. Uh, well, I think mostly what it is Donald Trump does understand a few things, one of which is right now there is no upside for him. He becomes a, a, a support player in the larger drama that is Elon Musk uh, running Twitter, and Donald Trump doesn't do support player. You know, so, so if he were to join now, he gives a different person the attention. He doesn't immediately get the attention. It's not, you know, he doesn't come hay kooling through a wall. You know, he is in, he is invited in, and then he agrees to come in, and then everyone loses their shit at Elon Musk. So, I it, it, that 
the optics for him, it is interesting to see him do that calculation, right? And to realize that just the optics for him right now, he he is better, he is more the main character by not joining than he becomes mm. by joining. But he's itchy. I bet he's itchy. Oh, I'm sure he's itchy. I'm sure he's itchy. They're both itchy. They're both so sweaty. They're both itchy, sweaty people. They're both terrible people. Mm. Like, the, the reading... Reading about uh, the the firings, the way it's all functioned, the way this man operates, not only this business, but the other businesses that he has run, you know, that Twitter and SpaceX have had these moments of kind of purges of, of you know, random firings of people and, you know, w- weird demands. Like one of the one of the weirdest demands was after, you know, most people left Twitter, he basically uh, they closed their offices for three days because they were worried that they they were unable to actually process so many people left that they were unable to process those leavings in time so they were not able to revoke badge access or access to the slack or uh, assumingly access to code repositories and things like that and elon musk who who seems to have sort of speed run the life of howard hughes and (laughs) reached the full paranoid Howard Hughes level ordered that all offices be closed, that, that, that no, no one could get in or out because he was convinced that people were like formerly former Twitter employees were going to sabotage the system. Again, this all, this is all the events of Thursday. Yes. So it starts with, he believes he's swaggering in with this big dick move Yeah. where he says, I'm going to go in. I'm going to basically, he lays this email down. That's like, I'm coming in. Yep. Didn't he tell people that they had to fly in if necessary or well, show that was up? After or... the, that was after the first big dick move of like, okay. you're going to be hardcore or you're going to be out. Right. He swings in. And he's like, look, you have until 5 p.m. tonight to sign on to this or not. This, you know, loyalty, basically this loyalty oath to me yeah. to really go hardcore. And I guess he thought that would work. Yeah. But what happened was all of these people literally, apparently the Discord was just people saluting each other. Yeah. Doing the salute emoji as they all left. Yeah. People, he's in video meetings and he sees people just like screens going dark. Yeah, because partway through the day they realized, oh shit, (laughs) more people are leaving than we think. So he started having video conferences with um, people that, managers and stuff like that were deeming kind of mission critical to this. And so he would hold these uh, video conferences and people were just hanging up on him as, as they were happening. I just want to hold that image in my head for a while. People just, just hanging up on him. It seems like the Twitter offices were in full revolt. There were stories of like the New York office. They had switched all their internal screens to, screen grabs of him insulting engineers and like i mean just amazing <laughs> levels of just sort of like nobody gives a fuck anymore um so people just start hanging up on the call yeah now he had just earlier in that day come in to say like that everyone was going to have to work and basically come back into the office yep and be there all the time yeah now the same people he's just he was just thought he was browbeating into coming back in and basically moving in. He is scrambling to try to lock out. Yep. Because he thinks basically, I guess people are going to run him with crowbars. Yeah. Start smashing the servers. 
Yeah. And so, so that's like Thursday. Then Friday he issues a, he sends an email basically to people that still are there that says, if you're a per, if you're a person that can actually write code, which is a nice way to just sort of begin to insult the people that have stuck around. Yeah. Um, I want you to send me screen grabs of your 10, like 10 most important pieces of code, which is hilarious in and of itself, uh, and summarize kind of your contributions of the last six months. Uh, you know, send me all of that stuff. Also, come to the San Francisco offices at 2 p.m. for a code review. And then he sends another email that's like, I also mean people that aren't in San Francisco, you should get on a plane. This is at like 10 in the morning. And he wa- like, I, I, don't, I still don't understand how that works. There are people that work for Twitter that are all over the world, right? Um, and so, yeah, then that night he sort of posts a photo that's like just coming out of the code review. And it's like him and about 15 engineers that look both very tired and very sort of like, it hostage like, photo. Yeah, it looks like a hostage photo. It looks like somebody should be holding up a newspaper with today's date on it. Yeah. He also includes a photo of a whiteboard. Uh, and in the context of, you know, just came out of the code review and there's a whiteboard and it's sort of a diagram of how Twitter works. It's not code. It is just sort of a, a high level diagram. Like a stick figure of somebody typing words. <laughs> no, like a, a series of boxes of like, okay, so a tweet goes here and then these are the services that fire if that happens and this is where these things go. But what many, many people pointed out was that has nothing to do with a code review. What the, what he was putting a picture up of, which was, was somebody trying to explain to him how Twitter actually works. <laughs> Somebody that's like, I feel like maybe we need to back up about seven steps and just give you a thing. As somebody pointed out, like, it's the kind of thing that if you were a beginning engineer at any tech company, your manager or somebody would sit down with you in your first week and sketch out a diagram like this. Just so you have sort of an overview of the entirety of the system. Um, It is not sort of a hardcore code review. But yeah, so that was Friday. And then I think Saturday was when the, the Trump poll went up also he let kanye west back on yes and a lot of other awful people jordan peterson the babylon yeah. b like basically as somebody put it oh i believe it was gareth reynolds the comedian said it's like everybody is out of arkham prison but they're all they're all idiots yeah yeah so i meanwhile maureen i've been trying mastodon because I am growing more as much as I want to say I am on Twitter until things burn down. I am becoming more and more uncomfortable at being on a platform that is being run by such an incredibly terrible person. Mm. So uh, I, I thought this week, because we are on the road, uh, I thought I would kind of perform a social experiment on myself where I have replaced the Twitter app on my phone, uh, like where it sits on my phone with the Mastodon app. And uh, so that all of the muscle memory of every single interstitial moment in my entire life where I click on Twitter, I'm now launching Mastodon instead. Uh, and I'm trying to actually engage there. How's and it going? It, you know what? It's fine. It is... Um, I spent a, a many, many years deeply involved in 
a company that is a, a major driver of open source software and you hang out with a lot of open source software people. And so I feel like I understand the contours and limitations of Mastodon a little bit more than maybe the normal person, because this is a project that up until like two weeks ago was very much a like dyed in the wool open source full of true believers in, in all sorts of, you know, different things. Um, piece of software to create a open social network, right? Like Mastodon is not an app, right? And Mastodon is not a one-off thing. It is a, to use their term, to use the terminology Mastodon, it is a federated social network, right? So you can set up a Mastodon server and then it will talk to other Mastodon servers, right? Like it, so there is no one owner, there is no one system. Uh, there's a bunch of systems that talk to each other and each system can have their own rules for moderation, their own different ways of, of interacting and you can defederate. So you can kind of basically block entire servers and all of that sort of thing. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's very interesting conceptually about that. Um, it's also very complicated and the whole piece of, and all of the software is very clunky. I realized using it just how much I take for granted about Twitter now, like how nice threading works, how quote tweets are actually really, really helpful. Um, you know, all, all sorts of things like that just aren't there. You know, direct messages are a full on mess, like, <laughs> and also readable by, uh, by, the admins on a server. So, um, you know, there's all sorts of things like that, but I would say overall, my experience has been relatively positive and it feels a lot like being on Twitter in like 2008 when there weren't a lot of people there. Everyone was kind of a little bit trying to figure it out. Um, a lot of the conversation about Twitter are on Twitter in 2008 was about Twitter and that is also true with Mastodon, where a lot of the conversation is about Mastodon. Um, but, you know, for instance, like I said, like today, I was, I started a thread on Mastodon about the fact that one of the things that, you know, because there's a lot of discussion right now about moderation on Mastodon, how it's all volunteer, how it is not scaled well in the last week on, especially on some of the very big servers where suddenly you had like a couple of volunteers that are suddenly now dealing with hundreds of thousands of people that have, have all joined at once. Um, but I, I started a thread that basically said like, you know, as we're discussing content moderation, let's remember the fact that like the last decade of the big social web that we are all used to is built on the backs of extremely exploited content moderation workers who are paid subsistent wages, you know, subs barely subsistent wages who are subject to seeing the absolute worst of all of humanity, you know, repeatedly uh, throughout a day. And uh, maybe if we're going to remake the world, let's maybe not remake that part because, you know, but I also don't know how you scale it. Like, I don't know how, how you build a system that would, you know, support millions and millions and millions of people, but also be able to moderate any of it. Certainly at a volunteer level, that feels hard to me. Anyway, the point is Mastodon is fine. <laughs> it's a very long way of saying uh, my experience has been totally fine. There's a part of it that feels fun because it's like, well, you don't know what we're doing. Let's figure this out, um, which hasn't existed for a while. 
But, um, and I will say, I still go on Twitter. I just, it's not my default setting now. And um, there are moments where I'm on, and I'm like, oh, I feel terrible on this thing. Yeah. Which is interesting to kind of notice that. This was going to be about Thanksgiving, Dan. Well, let's be thankful. What are you thankful for right now, Dan? Uh, what I'm not thankful for, and I'm sure people have been listening, occasionally I my microphone is picking up radio waves. Mm, space waves. If, if all of you are listening and are like, why do I keep hearing high-pitched squeaks? That's me. I don't That's know what me. it is. I keep trying to move and avoid it. I'm not sure why they're hitting. Yeah, it sounds like that. It's annoying to me. But let's be thankful, Maureen. All right. You first. I'm thankful that everybody's here. We did 2022. We're about to, let's go out with a bang. And by a bang, I mean a good time. No bang, actual bangs, please. There have been enough bangs in 2022. And, uh, you know, 2023 is our year. I can feel it. Can you? I can feel it, you guys. It's going right. to be our year. You can feel it in the air tonight? Yeah. A 2024 is going to be even better than that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. These are bold predictions. You heard me. I said it and I mean it. I like it. I'm in. Ding I'm signing up for better years ahead. That sounds great to me. That's the official prediction. I love it. That's in. I'm in. I, I could use I it. I hope also you enjoyed the sound of my mother being in the background. <laughs> it's like being, it's She's like, gone now. It's, it's like a real Johnson making, Thanksgiving. We're here with you. She was making coffee. Oh, if I lean forward, I really get that. Must be she my computer. Was, she had a two packs of crackers. <laughs> Perfect. Um, last night, I just hit the box of Cheez-Its. They had some Cheez-Its here. Oh, man, Cheez-Its I hit those so hard. Cheez-Its are good. This is a thing that I've thought about a bunch when I've eaten che- when I eat Cheez-Its. I bet you could make a pretty banging graham cracker crust-esque pie crust out of Cheez-Its. Sure, why not? I think it would be good. What would you put in there, though? I think you could do like, I don't know, like a like an apple pie, Cheez-It crust, something. I don't know. I think you could, I think you could make a hell of a good pie out of a Cheez-It crust. Not 100% sure what you put in it. But boy, I, think, I bet it would be good. I think you're right that it's apples, but they've got a little bit of chili and cinnamon spice yeah. in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? To kind oh, of kick yeah. up. That would be good. Or good. You could also do like a like a crumble. You don't even need to do a whole pie, but like a crumble where it's Cheez-Its in the crumble. Savory cheesecake. Ooh, that'd be good. Or if you do like quiches and things, any kind yeah. of a savory tart. Ooh, yeah. With that little cheese it crust. Cheese it crust quiche? That would be good. Yeah. Taste that. That would be good. Says who was brought to you by Cheez Its. The there is a um there is a hipster popsicle store in Chicago. Of course there called is called Pretty Cool Ice Cream. And they have a lot of amazing flavors. But one of the ones that I had there this summer was a peanut butter ice cream base with Cheese it style crackers on the outside and then dipped in chocolate. Whoa. It was so fucking good, Maureen. Whoa. It was incredible. It was incredible. 
they do a lot of um, seasonal things. They actually just, they have a whole line of Thanksgiving popsicles. Like ice, they're not pops, they're ice cream pops. Is really Right, like, so are. like pumpkin with the, I'll tell you what, Trader Joe's makes these little mini cones that I am addicted to. Mini, mm. mini ice cream cones. And for just a minute there, about a month ago, they had this, it was a, like a pumpkin, like a ginger pumpkin ice cream with a white chocolate coating. It was pumpkin ice cream, white chocolate coating with like a gingery cone. Oh my word. This shit was delicious. I have not been able to find them since. That sounds incredible. They appeared one day and I had a box and I have not seen them since. So if they decide to bring those that shit back, get yourself a box of these little tiny cones. That sounds amazing. And so our dessert is always one little cone. It's a little rich and indulgent, but it's also small and contained. Yeah. I have told you about my aunt. probably told you about my aunt that had the bird that committed suicide, Dan. That stored money in peanut butter jars? That stored money in peanut butter yes. jars. That her and my uncle, every little drilling, hope you enjoy that, uh, every day for dessert, every day for dessert, Dan. Mm -hmm. Every, I would just want to, what is that? It sounds like a plane is landing. <laughs> you hear that, right? I actually don't. You got to hear it. It sounds like someone has a chainsaw outside the window. I'm sure I'll hear it when I'm editing. Listen, every single night they had a, like a Mrs. Smith's frozen pie. Yeah. Which they sliced into quarters. Okay. Quarter pie. And they got a quarter of a Mrs. Smith's pie. I love it. With. Yeah. Half gallons of ice cream used to come in like these cubes. Cardboard These, like, re these rectangular yeah. cardboard boxes. Yeah. They would slice those into quarters. Wow. So every night you got a quarter of a half gallon of ice cream served with a quarter of a Mrs. Smith's pie. I mean, that's living. Every night. Yeah, that sounds good. They uh, went I'm not going to complain about that. Every week, if you when my because my mom would take them to the store, they always it was I thought that everybody bought like four Mrs. Smith's pies and four half sure. gallons of ice cream. Everyone should. At every shopping trip. I mean, that sounds amazing. I'm not gonna lie. Their freezer was only full of ice cream and Mrs. Smith's pies. That's living the dream. They were not well people. Well, but you know, I mean Sacrifices have to be made. And boy, oh boy, did they smoke through it. Sure. I'm sure they did. Just smoking, eating a quarter of a pie and a quarter of a container ice cream. Yeah, you know. Dinner was done by 5.45 at the latest. Sure. It was eaten on paper plates. That way cleanup is easy and you yeah. just throw it in the trash. Literally ate they're off of wrong. paper plates because that made it everything so much easier. I'm, they're not incorrect there. Oh, so gross. <laughs> well, on that note. Oh, the grossest diet. they And just that greasy bird flying around the whole time. Says who? Oh, is made possible by you. Through your sport. was like a, like a day that they ate a lot less. They're like, <laughs> only, only one piece of pie? <laughs> Where's the quarter of a container of ice cream? I mean, that sounds great. I'm not going to lie. That's that basically a pint of ice cream a night with a quarter of a pie. That's a lifestyle choice that I can get behind, though. It almost It's almost hard to do. It's almost hard to eat that much ice cream and pie. 
I also never really thought about those cardboard containers of ice cream. Like, yeah, just unfold them and slice it. That's such a yeah, such a great way to think of an ice cream. They literally unfolded that shit and sliced it. That's like, like they, a Vianetta. You remember yeah. those? Yeah, they still sell those. Do them. they? Yeah, I've seen them. Man, I thought Vianettas were about the fanciest thing ever. Literally, Dan, if I saw it right now, a friendly is one of those sh- uh, like sherbet watermelon. Ooh. They used to make watermelon. They looked like a watermelon, but it was all made of sherbet with ch- with chocolate chips in it. Wow. So it was watermelon sherbet with lime and lemon sherbet, like making oh, the- great. And then it was all full of chocolate chips. I would, in a heartbeat. <laughs> I love it. That buy that incredible. shit. Well, now I'm hungry. Well, so is everyone else. And the good news is they can go enjoy their uh, their seasonal meals. With you know what I'm people you know, that they want to send them spend them with. You know what I'm going to eat because I've arrived in Philly and I haven't done my shopping yet. And I was like, "What is there to eat for lunch?" A Looks soft like, pretzel. I no, hope. you're surely just having some cottage cheese. <laughs> well, make up for it by swinging by a Wawa. I'm going to put it in a smoothie. It's okay, says who oh, is made possible is by you. It's pretty Free- good, actually. Got to okay. put the right stuff in there with it. I mean, I got to right. go to Wawa. Yeah. It's made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon, where every Sunday you get all this again, if you give it the five or $10 a month level, the theme music is performed by Ted Leo. I hope Ted Leo is having a nice little holiday. Our logo is designed by Darth who literally broke my heart by, uh, going in hibernation, but also they deserve the breaks that they want. So I hope if you are listening, Darth, you are having a good hibernation. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter or at says who at OMFG dot town on Mastodon. Cause I set that up and you can also email at, Hey, that is H E Y at says who podcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says Uvians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. There's also the fan run discord server at tinyurl.com slash says who discord. There are so many ways to interact with says who podcast more. Ba- do we basically have our own server now? <laughs> yeah, I'm run. I'm running my own server. That well, is just me and the, and the says who account. I've signed up for one. So can I switch? I can, I can migrate you. Okay, it's great. not an open server. Just if you're listening, is definitely not an open server. My days of being a sysadmin and a uh, and all of that are long behind me. I ran the Punk Planet message boards and then later the entire Punk Planet social network for many years. So I am uh, only running a very very small uh, uh, instance of Mastodon. But yes, I can migrate you, Maureen. Thank you. You can be uh, there with me. All right, I'll do that. All right, perfect. I will follow up with you about that. But spread the word. Subscribe. Please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, November 30th. I thought next Wednesday was going to be December, but it turns out it's the last day of November for our very next episode. And from beautiful downtown Boulder, Colorado, I am Dan Sinker. And from somewhere with a buzzsaw here in Philadelphia, I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been a special holiday says who.